Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When I did the funeral, I came across something I'd never seen before. A statement, and I loved it. I'll probably use it again, but I want you to think of this truth. No two Christians will ever meet for the last time. Could I hear an amen somewhere? At a funeral where the person's going to heaven? Does that give hope? Ooh, I hope it gives hope to you. Because we're all going to be there. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the day-to-day life that you forget to focus on the things of God. Getting to work, getting home, and trying to figure out what to eat for dinner, helping kids with homework, then falling in bed exhausted, knowing you're going to have to do it all again tomorrow. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the need for Christ followers to always look at life with one eye looking to the life after this life you'll hear about people in the Bible who endured all kinds of hardships, even torturous death, while keeping their eyes on the heavenly kingdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, Pilgrims Looking for a Better Place. Well, Paul understood the Old Testament. You and I don't pick when we're born. And I'm sorry to tell you, you don't pick when you die. God does that. There's a time to be born and time to die. Our times are in his hands. So Paul simply knew that heaven was better. And when he's there today, up to that point, he went for it. Now, as you and I think about that, after Paul had been there, how did he know it was better? He was there. What did Paul want to do? He wanted to go home. Remember on your vacation, you want to go home. Paul wanted to go home. Home is where God is. Now, remember, none of these Old Testament believers had any idea what heaven was like. Heaven really was a two-compartment deal, paradise was, in the Old Testament. So even if they understood that, they just knew by faith something coming was better. So look back, Hebrews eleven sixteen again. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. I love this. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Why? For he has prepared a city for them. Remember, the whole title of our series is Faith That Pleases God. So why was God not ashamed to call them his children? 
Because they were living from start to finish by what? By faith. That's what pleases God. He wasn't ashamed of them. Now, sometimes when I look at that, it's a little hard sometimes, isn't it? All of us have fallen off the faith wagon, haven't we? And we kind of live by our five senses. The way it smells, the way it looks, the way it feels, what we think about it, what we see. We've all done that. These guys, I'm sure, did that too. That's why Abraham went down to Egypt and blew it. He looked by five senses rather than listening to God. But as they started, they were never perfect, but they had a lifestyle of living by faith. When I saw that, that's what I want. God says they were not ashamed to be living by faith. That's what I want. That's why I picked this series for us. That's why I picked that title for us, because we want to be people that are simply pleasing God by living most of the time by faith. Now, look at... Mark eight thirty eight. this is interesting. If anyone, Jesus speaking, is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So what is Jesus speaking there of? Well, a number of things, but number one, he wants to make sure you are publicly identified with him and his truth. How do we do that? You'll hear me say often, Every person Jesus calls, he really calls publicly and openly, which is true. What does that mean? Well, Nicodemus wasn't ashamed, even though he went at night. He wasn't ashamed to go to Jesus. The woman at the well, as she began talking, she wasn't ashamed. When Jesus talked to Matthew, he was doing the income tax for the boys. Jesus said, come follow me. He wasn't ashamed to get down in front of all those people and walk away. The Ethiopian eunuch. When they were going through, and remember Philip went over and prayed for him? Philip didn't open this statement. What did the Ethiopian you say? Hey, there's some water. Let's go get water baptized. In front of what? All the entourage, all those people. Wasn't ashamed. Don't be ashamed of your relationship with God. It's powerful. It's the only thing. That's why you can, without, without pressing, you can invite people to church. Because we have the only answer. There's only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ. That's not debatable. That's the truth. And so, as you get water baptized, that's why we promote water baptism. After you become a Christian, you need to make that public stand in front of everybody. It's not that big a deal in this country. But places where I go, India and China, it's a huge deal. For Muslims, it's the end of their family. For Hindus, for most of them, it's your end of your family. They will not identify with you anymore because you've done. I think that's so interesting. You can say it, but if you publicly do it, it's the end. What did Jesus ask us to do? Publicly do it. But he didn't just ask us to do it. He did it himself as an example for us. So don't be ashamed. What does Paul say? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. Now, Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. This whole thing about strangers and aliens is, is, not, uh, is not new in the Bible. It's true from the beginning after sin entered the world. Watch what Peter, watch what Peter says in this amazing statement. Dear friends, writing to the church, to you and I, I urge you, 
as aliens and strangers in the world, here's what he says, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. So once again, we see Peter calls his readers to live a righteous life in a hostile world. In other words, as Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, you be different. Not weird, but there should be a difference. Not how you dress, what kind of car you drive, but in your lifestyle, the way you treat people, the way you speak, there should be a difference. Certainly, you know today. Now, isn't it interesting? He talks about this war against our soul, this world that we live in. It is hostile. Jesus said this. Let me read it to you. John 15. If the world hates you, remember it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world, not to isolate, but to make sure that the world doesn't become part of us. We'll see that as we read 1 John later on. So it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than his master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they listen to me, they would listen to you. So Peter reminds us that, again, we're foreigners in this secular society because our citizenship, doesn't matter where you're citizenship is, United States or Europe or wherever you're from. Our real citizenship is in heaven. Could I hear an amen somewhere there? It's already taken care of. You don't have to stand in line. You don't have to have anything stamped. It's already been stamped on your heart. Our citizenship is in heaven. Why is Peter writing this? Well, he doesn't want us to be ashamed when we go to heaven. He wants to make sure, in John's word, we learn to sin less. Notice, He tells us how we should live on the way to heaven. Let me give you two keys. Abstain from sinful desires, which war against your soul. We know this, but we forget this. Key number one, the Christian life is a battle. The battle is for your soul. It's for your fellowship with God. It's an ongoing battle. And Why do the pastors here, when we do altar calls, why do often we say for you that are in the seats, please pray as we're given an altar call? Because what's happening in the person's mind who's watching around the world, the person that's sitting in our seat in any of our campuses, what's happening when I'm saying to them, choose you this day, would you like to accept Christ today? I know you would because I know they would. But why are you praying? Because there's a battle. And Satan is saying the same thing to them. Satan normally, if they know enough about Scripture, Satan wouldn't say that's all lies. He would just say, that's okay. What that guy said up there is good. Later, C.H. Spurgeon said this, later usually becomes never. Interesting. I wrote it down when I heard it. Later usually becomes never. Why do you think the Bible says today is the day of salvation? Now, we're not trying to talk people into anything. You learned that a long time ago. If you can talk somebody into something, somebody can talk them out of it. So I'm not doing the convicting. Who's doing the convicting? The Holy Spirit. He's an expert at it. He's like God. Uh, He is God. 
So you're praying for the Holy Spirit to do what? Speak to them. But is there another person speaking into their ears? Yes, there is. His name is Satan. The demons of hell. So understand, it is a battle. And one of the things that happens for us, outside of that salvation realm, one of the things that Satan wants to do for you is get your eyes on the circumstance, on the problems, on the issues, and forget faith. But that doesn't please God. If we actually live most of the time by looking at the circumstances, this is what our life's going to be like. The biggest roller coaster you've ever seen. And it's miserable. And, of course, it affects lots of other people because we're influential people. People are watching our life. So Peter warns of our own old spiritual enemy, our flesh, our old nature. So what do I know? Why would Peter say, abstain from it? Because of this next statement I want you to write. You have the power to defeat, with God, Satan's temptations. You say, well, I, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't, I, I just I had to give in. No, you didn't have to give in. Romans 6, Romans 7. We have the power to say no to sin and to temptation. Jesus is a perfect example. So people of faith know. That's why Peter says, hey, hey, abstain. Peter simply says there, abstain from those sinful desires. You can do it. Maybe you're hearing, you're struggling with that, and the enemy goes, well, you'll never be able to do that. Yes, you will, in the power of God. Abstain from them. Now, we don't live by the standard of the world, and sometimes that gets there. We're faced with all these choices all the time in all of our lives. Gratification for self, instant this, instant that. So we just have to understand that as we live here, we cannot live by human sight and human reasoning because the enemy will just filtrate that all over the place. We live by the word of God and we live by faith, the faith that comes from serving God. Now look at verse 12. Here's the second key. Live such good lives among the pagans. And by the way, let me encourage you, don't call your neighbor a pagan. Okay? Even though realistically they are, but I call them unbelievers or people that are searching. People, you'll hear me call that very often. Maybe you're here today and you came to our church because you're searching for truth. We're glad you're here. You'll find truth here. Pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, and you know that happens very often, things that we do right, people falsely accuse us, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So the second key is this. Not only is the Christian life a battle, but this is a big one. The Christian life is a witness. That word watch that you see there, that they may see, that word watch in the original language, I love this. That word watch means this, to watch over a long period. If you've been in an office for a few years, lots of people have been watching you over a long period. Your relatives have been watching you over a long period. Now, they may make fun of you when you fail, because we all do. But when they watch over a long period, they see somebody that's very different than they are. That's two things. That's alluring to them, but it's condemning to them as well. But understand, as you do that, what was the whole purpose of the nation of Israel in the Old Testament? For the pagan nations to watch them love God over a long period of time. Because God was trying to say to the pagan nations, no, 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 no. There's one true living God. 
That's true all the way, salt and light. That's who we are. But as, you, of course, you know, when people watch us, somebody said it like this. When you look at Christians, they're marching to the beat of a different drummer. Amen. We're following God. We can understand that the Spirit of God can give us the stability to simply live that life over a long period of time. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Now, turn to Romans 8.16. What does that witness really look like? Well, Paul addresses that. I'm going to read it to you in the New Living Translation. Notice what Paul says. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. You see, as we're living, understand how blessed you are. In the Old Testament, this didn't apply. Tonight, when you and I live, and we're doing really well living by faith, and then we have a little hiccup, the enemy will say, well, you might as well just kick it in, throw the towel in, go back. No, no, we're God's children. The Spirit says, no, 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 you're God's children. He still loves you. We sang about that, that his love never gives up. It doesn't make sense to us, but that's the nature of God. The world doesn't get that. So as we do that, that's one of the things we can say, how many places can you go tonight in the world that offers unlimited new starts? You can't find that. Proverbially, we hear this word, three strikes. Now, if that was true in the Christian realm, am I talking to anybody? By the way, I'm not talking. Pastor Bo's probably talking. If he thinks that, he's not talking. Dave had his hand raised up. He's talking. No, he isn't. Seriously, three strikes? We're all out of here, aren't we? No. So the Spirit says, I mean, there's nothing better, guys. Our Spirit to affirm that we are God's children. They didn't have the Spirit like we do. Well, how did they believe it? By faith. Realize how strong they were in their faith. You've been watching the Bible, haven't you? Any of you want to live in some of the places you saw? Oh, my goodness. Desperate places. Now, here's the next thing I want you to write. People of faith shine and make God look good. That's why you're here. That's why the nation of Israel was created. But they didn't. They failed. It's been transferred from the nation of Israel to the world of Christianity. We, at this point, later, God's going to restore the Jews. But right now, this is who we are. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, I want you to go back to Hebrews eleven thirteen, and I want you to see this. As you're there, before you read it, I want you to tell me what's wrong with this. Here's my translation of Hebrews eleven thirteen. All these people were standing still when they died. What's wrong with that? Is that what your Bible says there? What were they doing? They were living by what? You know what kind of faith that is? That's active faith. You know what love is? What your braces say? It's a, it's a verb. Oh, I love you. Would you come help me move something tomorrow? I love you. 
Notice, they weren't standing still. Let me read to you. By the way, are you standing still? Waiting for the heaven bus to come by? (laughs) Pastor Mark, praise God. No. Come Sunday, you won't be standing still anymore. Acts 1.11. After Jesus goes to heaven, you know the verse. Men of Galilee, the angels speaking to the disciples. Why do you stand here looking in the sky? Well, come on, let's give him a little break. If you just saw Jesus right now here and go up in the sky, what, where do you think you'd be looking? Hey, what do you think's happening the rest of the day here? I mean, I'm going like, what? Remember, there's child trying to figure out if this thing is really real. Where was Jesus going? He was going home. This same Jesus who has been taken from you in heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go in heaven. All these people were still living by faith when they died. Don't be ashamed of our God. Allow our faith to look forward. Let the past be in the past. Resist the temptation of this world. Thanks for you living by faith. Instead of fear, you're making a difference in our world. Let me read to you again. The good news tells us how God made us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish. By faith. Don't be discouraged. We're traveling forward. We're on an exciting journey with God. Every day brings me closer to heaven. Every day. When I did the funeral, I came across something I'd never seen before, a statement, and I loved it. I'll probably use it again, but I want you to think of this truth. No two Christians will ever meet for the last time. Could I hear an amen somewhere? At a funeral where the person's going to heaven, does that give hope? I hope it gives hope to you because we're all going to be there. No two Christians, no two Christians will ever meet for the last time. C.S. Lewis said it like this. Aim at heaven, and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you'll get neither one. We want to aim at heaven. Paul said it like this, We are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. I love what D.O. Moody said. Soon you'll read in the newspaper that I'm dead, Don't believe it for a moment. I'll be more alive than I ever was before. Amen. Amen. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the importance of living life with one eye on heaven. You were reminded that heaven is the ultimate home for the Christ follower. You also learned about the importance of trusting God in your daily fight against the world system, the devil, and your sin nature. You were made aware of the importance of responding to God's promptings and obeying them. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. 
Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This finishes Pastor Mark's teaching, Pilgrims, Looking for a Better Place. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a new message called The Faith of Joseph. You'll hear the story of Joseph and how, despite a lousy home life and lots of hardships along the way, he maintained a solid faith in God that got him through all of his trials. You'll learn about the importance of knowing where you're ultimately going. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for joining in. And please join us next time for Lessons for Living. in a hurry.